Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Well, I think we wanted to recap the year today and what a year it has been. Yeah, it's been um, a year of change, <laughs> to say the least. Um, some things have changed and stayed the same, and some things have changed and been very different. I don't know how it's been for you. Yeah, I think in some ways it feels like a carryover from a lot of 2020. I mean, a lot of folks, including myself, still working full-time remotely, including you. So that kind of gives it a samey-sameyness. Um, but obviously, we've both um, changed jobs this year, so that's a big, big life change, although pretty recent. So it still feels fresh. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, right. no, it's just, I was going to say, as much as we've changed jobs and all that kind of stuff, I think some of the things it's it has been consistent in the sense that you can't plan too far ahead because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, if you look at a couple of weeks ago, um, and let's say, a couple, let's say a month or two ago, it was looking like there was only one variant to worry about. So things are, things are starting to settle down and then boom, there's another one, you know. And we don't have to talk about the, some of the silliness that, that happened after that. But, you know, it's, it's almost going back to the fact that you've got to look for, look for the moment. And that's a, I know that's a cliche. But I think, you know, that is that's important, that, that when you've got the opportunity to do something, you should do it rather than putting it off for a, a so-called better time. And I, and I know that's a very big generalization. But, uh, you know, I look at friends of mine trying to get married. Um, they should have done it while when the going was good instead of they're waiting for for the new year and then they had this complication with all this other stuff and it's just this extra stress and you know I know it's, it's easy to say that when you're on the on the sidelines but uh, I, I just think you know you've got to, you've got to take the chances when you can yeah I think there's been you know this mindset shift around priorities and I think being a little bit Boulder, maybe, in, in terms of doing what you want when you can, because you don't know when that opportunity may be taken away from you. I think kind of both of those things are coexisting right now. The people are sort of just taking the time to step out and um, reorient their lives, whatever that is to them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, but uh, But going to our... A recap, sort of view on this this stuff. Um, uh, firstly, I'm surprised that we did, we haven't done 52. Uh, we won't have 52 by the time we publish the last episode. I'm surprised. Do we miss a week somewhere? I didn't think we did. So yeah, we'll have over 50 episodes published um, by the time this one airs, which is awesome. Um, and make sure mm. because we're doing this weekly. I don't think we did miss one. Maybe I miscounted. I don't think so. Maybe it's because of our publishing schedule. Oh, that's that possible. Sense? 
Yeah, that's entirely possible. There's a chance that we've missed a Monday. So there's a, there's a Monday that's missed because of of the way it all lined up. That's that's entirely possible. Yeah, so I thought I thought the numbers were really good. You know, almost three thousand downloads, which which by the end of the year we would have a little bit obviously be more. You know, that's pretty amazing when you stop and yeah. step back and think about it. Well, this is our first full year, so that's a pretty good. I would, I'd be very, you know, if you told me this when we started, that we'd have a three thousand. You know, well, I think we will have three thousand by the time we get to the end of the year. Uh, I'd be pretty chuffed with that. In fact, I'd be chuffed with a thousand. Yeah, I mean, it's still wild to think about people um, finding the show, listening to the show. So that's pretty cool. Another of these numbers that jumped out to me was listeners in sixty-three countries. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty oh, good. That's, yeah. a, that's a that's a really exciting prospect that people are listening to us all over the world. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool one. We had twenty-two. I guess it will be. I think twenty-three guests probably uh, by the end of the year. So, congrats to you, Ryan, for managing all of that. Probably most of our listeners don't know that Ryan does the guest outreach and coordination and has this whole system built in Notion to um, kind of acquire all the necessary things from guests. So congrats to you for that one. Thanks. Well, I, this is a team effort. So whatever I do, whatever I do, you do something else that makes it also work. So I appreciate all your efforts this year. But that's um, that's become quite sophisticated, actually, because I use Notion, I use DocuSign, I use Zapier. It's, uh, it's become quite a nice little workflow uh, automation tool for the, for the podcast. Absolutely. Did any of these other stats I put together jump out at you as surprising? Um, yeah, so, so what I'm surprised by is that the UK, so, so I obviously check the stats like you do sort of every week. Um, and the UK used to be over 50% or uh, 60%. And the US used to be closer to 10%. Um, so that, that, that's gone up from, uh, well, the UK has gone down to 40%, but the US has gone up uh, to 24%. Um, South Africa being 10%, that, that I kind of expect because I'm here now. So that would, that would obviously sort of skew that number a bit. But it means that the other countries are, are growing on their own, which I thought was quite a nice uh, well, a nice thing to, to keep an eye on. Um, the more outreach we get, the better. Absolutely, yeah. That means we have around 25% from the rest of the world, apart from UK, US, and South Africa. So that is also very cool. Yeah, so, so when we um, maybe change the tack, when we look at the, the episodes that were most downloaded, I was so shocked when I looked at the overemployed, um, the trend of working two remote jobs. And I, I was number one, and I, and I suppose I shouldn't be surprised considering that I've done it for, for a while where I've worked two different roles at the same time. Um, and it's almost a byproduct of the gig economy to an extent where, you know, with, with Uber, you are, you know, you've got a car and you can provide a service with your vehicle. But in a knowledge worker space, as long as you've got a laptop and connectivity, you can provide a service. And, you know, some roles only require someone part-time. Um, and because you don't have to travel, you get you get to squeeze out an extra couple hours a day. So, so there's obviously a lot of people doing that or thinking about doing that. Um, so I was quite shocked to see that that was our when I saw the sort of numbers and stuff. 
um, that resonated so well with people. Totally. I think part of it as well could be, it's kind of a controversial or a bit more of a hot button type topic, especially if you're talking to full-time remote positions. So I think it evokes some curiosity for that reason. And I think you're totally right in that, um, you know, there's this sort of side gig, side hustle phenomenon that has, you know, is, is evolving and in some cases resulting in people taking on to full-time remote positions. Yeah, and look, I think there's also a level of, of um, uncertainty or, 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 or um, preempting uncertainty. You know, not knowing what what the work market's going to be like. I mean, I, I you know I talk to a lot of recruiters, and they're always telling me there's so many jobs and so few candidates. But this, I still think there's a belief that it's harder to get a job than to pick up a side hustle um, in some respects, or because the, the the interview process can be quite daunting versus just contracting to someone that you know, you know, it is, there's almost safety in that kind of approach. I think it's quite interesting. Mm. So you were surprised by the overemployed episode being number one. What was more surprising to me was that our episode on QR codes ended up being the second most listened to. And this one is a bit of a mystery to me. I think maybe it's a topic that others weren't covering, so we came up for it more. Um, maybe when people are looking for podcast content about QR codes, but uh, did this one also surprise you? Yeah, and it's, you know, for a long time, the QR codes didn't really reflect what people didn't, didn't buy into using them, and all of a sudden they're everywhere. And it's, it's almost a, a stealthy arrival for, in some respects, but it's such a simple, elegant solution in other respects. But I almost feel like it's one of those things that it's, it's kind of, everyone's going to get so used to them that they're going to fall away as quickly as they became useful. Mm. Yeah, I think they are, um, you know, for obviously the contactless situation, they are a really good solution for that. I think in the, maybe the restaurant world or shops of that nature, I think I could see them to be used for digital menus like that. Um, very convenient use case, but I think we've, we maybe reached a peak there of the QR code. Here, yeah, so. the, the problem, the problem with them, and, and this is something that, it's something that was trying to sell me something with them. The, the reality is they're too slow. Um, I mean, that sounds funny if you think about it, but the time it takes you to to get your camera out to take to scan the code, to click on the link, to open the page, um, you're talking you know seconds, five, ten seconds, and that's if you know what you're doing. Probably longer if you don't. Um, so, so it only really works for use cases where you've got time. So you know, sitting down at a restaurant table to order your food and your drinks, you've got the time to do it. But if you're trying to use QR codes, I think that's what the vendor was trying to sell me, to as access control into a into an event, that's way too slow. Yeah, then, you, then you want to switch it over to 
not scanning with your phone, but you want to have a a barcode on your device that's been scanned by another device that's not that that you know the other way around. And that's why I think they'll they'll move on to something else. You know, NFC chips would be more sensible, more secure. They've got a certain range. I think it's a couple centimeters. And I think that will probably be the evolution. That makes sense. I also see a future, and we haven't talked too much about metaverse yet, but where that could could change the situation there. Um, if you have a virtual kind of overlay, depending on how all this um, kind of works works out, where you're already in some sort of mixed reality space uh, and can do things that QR codes would have been helpful for in the past, just right within the experience you're already engaging with, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so number three, I don't, I don't know if we want to go through all the top 10, but um, maybe we move on to the, the themes as well. But number three, um, for our most listened to episodes was IT for a Premier League football club. And I think this one has a natural appeal, especially to our UK and South African <laughs> listeners, that it's uh, not something most people get a window into is the kind of back-end technology side of sports specifically football, or as we say to the um, mockery of the rest of the world, uh, soccer in the US. <laughs> <laughs> well, we call it soccer here too, mostly, so that's fine. Um, I, oh, I think interesting. Got, yeah, yeah I, I think we've probably got this one purely because we had the words football and Premier League in the title. You know, I was really, I was really appreciative what James explained to us about how they were doing the pitch tracking with technology. Uh, for drainage and, and playability and, and uh, preparing for games. So that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. It was a very interesting episode to listen to those kind of unique IT projects since we talked so much about knowledge work and the office and that kind of workspace. So thinking about a very different set of technology needs, a very different end user was fascinating. Well, do you do you want to keep going down the list, or do you want to move to themes? Um, or uh, I, I think I think there's just I mean we'd have to go. Through. We will put the list in in the um, show notes. I think the the lesson learned from a year of remote work. I think that that's something generally uh, we would probably get to point out that everyone's sick and tired of talking about remote work. But in the same token, I think coming into the new year there's still a level of figuring out new lessons about doing hybrid working. Um, so I think if this year was was all about, we, we I think we'd be called the year of the VDI last year. This year was probably the year of remote working. I think next year is going to be the year of, of, of hybrid working. Um, and, and that is inclusive of traveling now, which not everyone is probably doing. But uh, but going into the I think that's going to start happening, you know, with, with additional boosters and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, knock on wood, but I think you're spot on there. I think um, 
2022. We're, we're doing some predictions here. I think that will be the year hybrid starts to really come into its own and be a bit more widespread. And we'll start to see the um, implications of like office redesigns, as well as people moving out of, you know, moving farther away for their commute. I think some of those things will start to play out and we'll see how the hybrid, at least for me, um, I feel like a lot of hybrid has been talk versus people actually doing it so much. Like there's, you know, a handful of people. So I, I feel like the, at least in the US, I think the dominant um, model for at least office workers has been sort of an optional hybrid approach, you know, where some people have chosen to go into the office, but it's generally not been a forced move back. So I think, you know, you've had some people sort of starting to experiment with hybrid for themselves, but it's definitely not been as widespread as I think we will start to see next year as people sort of, I don't know, I think, again, like re-examine um, how they're working and start to maybe want to dip their toes into returning to an office environment and seeing colleagues again and having opportunities for collaboration. Yeah, I think I think there's a fear factor. There's a there's a corporate culture or company culture rather. Um, I think there's a level of of enablement that has to happen, not only technically but but business process for these things to work. So that's why I think it's going to be an interesting year to see how businesses evolve. And I think it's also a, from a hiring point of view. I know people talk about the great resignation, but I think the great hiring is people are are going to want the flexibility to be treated like adults and. Um, choose where they work as long as it makes sense. So that's that's something to see how we go through the year and see if we see anything that's that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it will be interesting to track those retention and hiring trends and see sort of where the power balance is between employers and employees in the new year. Exactly. Um, so if we look at uh, at the trends of what we talked about this year, I think this ties in quite nicely because one of the, the, the trends and themes of our, our episodes this year has been digital nomad and re-examining work-life priorities. And, and I think digital nomad is something we, we probably see not, not a great amount of people doing, but you will get people saying, well, I'm going to go on holiday for two weeks, but let me do an extra week there because I get a better deal if I book three weeks and I work one week or something like that. Not that I'm saying people should work on their holidays. That's not for everyone, but uh, I think there will be a level of people doing that, almost integrated working on holiday. For sure. I think there's more uh, more comfort with the work from anywhere approach where, you know, I've even started to see it with colleagues now in the lead up to Christmas that people are already at their relatives, you know, working from their, their in-laws or their, you know, um, grandparents or wherever they have landed. But I think that's just more normalized. It's, you know, as long as you have um, a good Wi-Fi connection, it doesn't really matter 
what your background is. And if people put a virtual background on in their Teams or Zoom or whatever, you would never even know. Yeah, well, I think I think there should be a little bit more transparency about that. Um, and, and, I, and I get why people would want to hide it. But I, I think about it from the point of view that, yes, if, if, if you want to go and see your family and, and your family live far away, and you're going to be based, I mean, I have a friend who's going back to India for a month now because he wants to spend time with his folks. Um, you know, he says he's going and people realize it and he's going to be a different time zone. Um, and he'll do his work and, and uh, he'll be available. Um, but the nice thing is when he's off the phone and he's, he's not working, he's spending time with people he won't see every day. And I think that's that's one of the things that, that I think we should value is, is time with the right people when we can get them. Yeah, absolutely. I think coming back to, um, I think the catalyst for digital nomads lifestyles and sort of being um, maybe digital nomad light, like kind of doing this maybe on occasion or for holiday travel or what have you, um, is coming back to the ways that we've um, been reflecting and re-examining our lives and work obviously makes up a huge chunk of a lot of people's lives. So naturally kind of challenging the norms around that and how we've approached it in the past. I, I think we've, you know, we've even touched on things like the four hour work week and kind of um, retirement um, you know, kind of even challenging the per, the traditional perspectives on those. I think people are willing to question a lot more things than um, maybe, you know, things that were maybe fringe to think about in the past are much more normalized now to kind of think about what's the best way to really structure how you spend your time um, so that you are spending it with the people you want to be around or doing the things that you are really passionate about. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest problem to all of this is, is tax and, you know, earning your income. Uh, and this is probably why the, the um, overemployed episode got so much playtime. Um, you know, if you, if you're based in what, if you, if your company that you're working for pays you in a certain country, um, that country will have rules around how you reflect your income and pay their taxes um and you start traveling around like some of like um we had jared you know with with his sort of exercise you know he's trying to figure out how he's going to sort out his tax with the south african government and i know they have a rule that if you're out the country 183 days you don't pay tax um as long as it's a certain amount that's consecutive so there are going to be loopholes like that and i think that's something that the world sort of financial systems will have to compensate for um because if you were to go and live in a in a tax friendly country, um, that will have have good benefits and and you know cons, but uh, it might change a whole lot of legislation very quickly because countries are going to lose the tax revenue they thought they were going to be getting uh, if a lot if a lot of people are leaving uh, to work somewhere more cost more more tax efficient. Sure. Yeah, I think we'll start to see that with all those questions get addressed you know i there were when we've done these episodes we've discovered that there are some countries offering passports for 
you know, digital nomads trying to incentivize people to come work there from other countries um, mm. in this sort of, uh, you know, in a, in a digital nomad kind of sense as a, as a knowledge worker um, with, um, you know, presumably some income to spend coming to another country and boosting the economy in that way. But I don't know about you. I still feel like digital nomad will be like, it'll be a, a thing that people almost like a gap year kind of trend or that people explore early in their careers, but that it won't be ever that mainstream of uh, an idea. Yeah, I, I don't think everyone will do it. Um, and, and I was really hoping to get Sam on this year because she's been a digital nomad for a couple of years now. Uh, and even she was saying that she's getting to a point now where she wants to settle down. Um, and I think that lifestyle can get a bit frustrating where you're always living out of a suitcase, you're always in, in a temporary situation. Um, it's fun while you're traveling and, you, and you're not traveling like a tourist, you're traveling like a worker. So you, you're finding a place to work for five days you touring the city on the weekends to see things, um, you might be there for a month and then you move to the next place because your income is coming from your work. So you, um, you're, not, you're not a tourist, but you're just getting to live the lifestyle of where you are. Um, and then, you know, like she comes back to, the, to, to her hometown for a couple of months, stays with her folks, um, and then she sets out again. Um, you know, it's it's a, it can be a I don't want to say a stressful life. It, it's just it's got its own pressures and it's not glamorous like some people think it is. So I think it's going to be a certain personality and a certain stage of life for sure. And then you have to settle down again because if you want kids and that sort of stuff, yeah, you can't really travel on purpose like that for for too long. Kids need stability and that sort of thing. For sure. Why don't we talk about wellness and burnout, another big kind of topic in the past year? Well, I think we've all experienced it. I mean, I definitely have had some low points and some higher points. Um, I'm finding now working with, with um, again, with a, with a company across multiple time zones that it's very easy to get sucked into working long, long days and, and getting up early and starting early and all that sort of stuff. So I think you, I think we talked to a few people about this. We talked about a few good ideas around putting in boundaries and avoiding burnout. Um, but I also think because of everyone working in different ways, it's harder and harder for a leader to see um, if someone's struggling or having a rough time because not everyone's available, you know, for that office face to face. Um, and you know, if people don't turn on their cameras. You can't see it either. So I think there's a, there's definitely some changes there that that will come uh, in organisations to try and try and tackle that. Yeah. So he explained um, something that yeah. I really liked, um, where mm -hmm. they they the way they run their daily meetings, their stand ups, that sort of stuff. He's not involved in him as a CTO, but there's a bot that they're using that gets people to capture their the daily updates, but also check in and how they're doing. You know, how you are you know are you good, bad? I don't remember exactly what the criteria were. Um, but that sort of gives you a, an indication. I mean not everyone's gonna be bright eyed and bushy tailed every day. We're all gonna have our low days. Um, you know, today I'm feeling pretty slow to be honest. So um, and that just could be because it's the end of the week. 
So I might mark today as a bit of a slow day, but tomorrow I might feel good because I've gone to gym and, and I had a good night's sleep and, and a good whatever. Um, so you're really looking for patterns. Um, and you could bring that down into people's, you know, what time do they start in the day? What time do they end in the day? Looking for fatigue uh, and that sort of thing. For sure. I think another element to this, so I think 2020, there was, you know, wellness and burnout and all of these things um, were obviously running rampant. I think 2021, what's shifted now is that companies and leaders feel like they have to do something about it. I think that's sort of where the where the shift has been notable for me is that um, I think people have had a messed up relationship with work for a long time and have kind of mm. accepted that as this is just the way it is. Um, but now that thing, you know, pressures on companies to retain employees, I think there's just a lot bigger focus on this as a business priority in that if your people are unhappy, if they're feeling like they're overwhelmed with um, their jobs, that they have more options than ever to uh, find another company to work for. And then that attrition problem becomes very expensive and hiring people become uh, more difficult than you're kind of putting even greater pressure on the staff that you still have. So I think that's, yeah. To me, that's really the big takeaway is that companies are starting to implement things like surveys or, you know, meditations or free yoga sessions or uh, even talk more about mental health and counseling. And that is part of a healthcare package. So I think it's um, the norms around sort of mental well-being in the workplace and talking about it. It's way less taboo now. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a level of guilt as well. Um, you know, people felt guilty for leaving their desks and, and then I've worked in some organizations where, you know, if you're not at your desk by a certain time and you're not there all day and, and all night, then you're not working. Um, and I think when people got forced to work from home if they hadn't been used to it, there was a guilt for leaving their desks to go and go for a walk or, um, do some errand, you know, for the house or whatever it is, because, you know, there, there was almost, uh, we've almost been beaten, have it, or had it beaten into us that we always got to be working. Um, and, you know, I, I've sat in sessions with, with guys that, that drive like that. They've got that kind of culture and behavior. And even watching them change and realizing that you can't work 13, 14 hours a day because now you're at home and you don't have that commute, which is your break and your buffer. Um, and, and accepting that their staff need to feel like they can go for a walk because actually taking that break probably gives you 10 more ideas um, to solve a problem or gives you a, um, a different perspective on things or calms you down because, you know, you can see some people that run really hot and they just need a break. Um, but they, they feel almost obligated to, to always be, you know, overly committed. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, and, and I think this is where, I mean, the health tech that we've talked about, and that's probably because I'm always, a, you know, I've always got a big kick on it. Um, you know, I've, I've got this, this aura ring, I've got my Apple Watch, I've got uh, a Fitbit, and I'm constantly checking them. And what's amazed me, you know, like I said, I'm feeling a bit sluggish today, the, the data on my aura ring is telling me the same thing. 
you know, just take it easy today. Don't don't go to gym, you know, or it's not, it's not, it's not literally saying don't go to gym, but it's saying take it easy. Um, and and that sort of changes your approach for the day. So I haven't gone to gym today, so I know tomorrow I'll feel a bit better so that I can put the gym session in. And in the same token, I've, I've canceled some meetings, which I, which I know require me to be really focused and said, look, I'm not, you know, I'm, I think let's do this one tomorrow. You know, it's not critical to be done today, which has given me some time to, to catch up on some stuff. And that's probably what's, what's driving down my fatigue is that I'm thinking about all these things that I haven't done going into the end of the week. Uh, also the Christmas coming up next week. Um, and I think that's an important piece, this sort of self-awareness and, and having things that help you to, to make better um, prioritization decisions. It's certainly been interesting for me to hear about your ordering tracking and how you've kind of been able to see that correlation for yourself. Um, I think health tech in general is something we will start to hear more about again in the news as we, uh, you know, start the new year, people set their fitness resolutions and all that good stuff. I think a lot of our health tech content did skew towards earlier in 2021. But are you are you still using Apple Fitness Plus or did you end that subscription? Uh, it's a funny story about that. So I, I stopped using it um, and I've been using an, an app called Fitbod, um, which works really well in the gym. And I've gone back to using um, my uh, videos from Beachbody Insanity. Um, but recently I was told to watch a series called Ted Lasso. And the only way I can watch Ted Lasso is on Apple TV. So I signed up for the this new subscription from Apple that you pay for everything in one price. I think it's a pre- premium one or something. I think that's what they call it. So now I've got Apple Fitness back in there, and I've been contemplating using it now um, instead of the Beachbody Insanity videos, uh, just for variety. Because um, I, I have gone to the point with those videos that I can almost recite the um, the whole training program. Uh, so mm-hmm. now that it's all bundled and it's for the family, and my wife can start using it. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and I've and I've started reading the Apple News quite a lot. That was quite a bad product for a while, but they've done quite a lot to make that better. Um, so I'm finding that quite a good value proposition all combined um, together. So, yeah, that's my situation with Apple Fitness. I haven't used it yet. I've only just signed up for it. But uh, I was going to do some yoga this morning, but I, I just didn't feel up to it. Well, if you do, once you do give it a go, I'd be curious if it has really changed at all since we talked about it last year when it sort of was brand new, wondering if they have evolved the service much. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely do that because we're going to be, as I said, traveling uh, over Christmas. And I don't think I'll be able to get into a gym while we're at the hotel um, with the kids and that. So so early morning, wake up and do, do, next, do something will be my only option. So, in fact, I'm just going to make sure the app is downloaded on my device. But if you're looking for a, um, a series to watch recommendation, I could definitely recommend Ted Lasso. It's uh, it's really good. Yeah, I've heard I've heard many good things. 
The only reason why I signed up for it is I can actually watch Dune. I can rent Dune on Apple TV. Oh, really? Yeah. But you haven't yet. No, I haven't because um, I think it's about three hours long. Um, and the, the the problem I have is that if if we start watching it and my son doesn't go to bed, then I I can't carry on watching it. So it's kind of it might take me a week to watch it. That's my problem. <laughs> so I've got to I've got to do it when, yeah, when I know I can get it. You got to do it all at once. Yeah. Well, why don't we um, set a goal? Uh, we could do Dune for episode 100 because that is coming up not too far away. Okay, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. I think that'd be fun. I didn't put Dune here as a theme, but it is something we <laughs> have discussed. <laughs> we talked about a few times. Several episodes. Yeah, Dune. Dune, well, it's it's a general science fiction, Dune and, and Star Trek, mm-hmm. and I'm reading a really good series at the moment. Um, so I told you about my my one series, The Frontier Saga, by Ray Brown. Um, now I'm reading another series, which if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll see the updates um, from Goodreads. Um, Omega Force or Omega Force, depending on how you pronounce it which is is about uh, an earthling that that finds an alien ship um, and becomes a, a mercenary basically um and and i'm not going to give away all the all the nuances around it but it's so it's just as much as it's it's kind of the same hero drama repeating you know repeated the way this guy has written it is just so so good um you know, every book is every book is good. Uh, some authors can't really get out of the same uh, structure of writing, whereas this guy has, has really got a, a good handle on it. Um, I'm just trying to find his name. I'd like to credit the the name as well. Um, and he's got a really it's a really rich world uh, or, or universe that he's in. Josh Dazel, that's his name. Um, so if you're looking for a good science fiction read over the holidays, I'd definitely recommend it. Sounds interesting. Well, I know we're running short on time here, and I didn't want to miss another topic that has come up a few times this year, which is the digital inclusion and, and fighting digital poverty. Mm. Sort of that um, uh, that group that you've been um you know, involved with to make sure that um, people have access to technology. I think kind of starting with looking at um, school-age kids who don't have the tech they need at home for remote learning. But I thought those are some really great episodes, even kind of tying in some of the uh, other nonprofit and charity talks that um, interviews you did this year around the blood bank charity and um, guide dogs. And I think it was nice to see some of that work kind of um, highlighted on the show as well. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And and pretty quick, still doing some really good work. Um, They've now set up um, the DPA, um, which I forget exactly what that stands for, but it's an association for digital the association. Yeah, his brain doesn't work today. Um, so that's that's good progress. 
and he's still driving it really hard and, and he's doing a good job of, of keeping everyone informed. Um, so I think uh, if, you, if you're not connected with Freddie on, on LinkedIn, it's worth at least following him so you can see what's going on and see where you can maybe help out. Absolutely. So, so one thing we haven't done, which I've been meaning to bring up a few times in our conversation, is just thank everyone for listening. Um, you know, this doesn't this doesn't work if we don't have people that, that listen to what we have to say. So, I uh, really appreciate people that uh, that have put in the time to listen to us. And, and there are a few that reach out to yourself and with some feedback, and, and that's always appreciated. Uh, and I hope everyone has a, a good twenty twenty two. Hope it's better than twenty twenty one. Same here. <laughs> really uh, appreciative for all of our listeners. Definitely don't take your time for granted. And I hope everyone has a really great holiday season. And that, uh, yeah, as you said, Ryan, 2022, things start looking up. Super. And thanks again for all your hard work, Heather. Uh, it's been uh, a good year with you. And uh, hoping for a good year next year. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Um, same here. I can't, you know, this is our first, as you said at the top, uh, full year. So it's really nice to see um, sort of the catalog that we built out. And I've thought about <laughs> as we, you know, kind of approach number 100, I've thought about the number of shows that I don't even discover until they're, you know, well over this number of episodes. So um, mm. I'm excited to see kind of where where things take us next year and maybe start to explore some new kind of topics and um, get more guests on. And I think it'll really, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where things go from here. Fantastic. Super. All right, let's, let's end it there. Thanks Heather and uh, have a good Christmas and new year's and uh, we'll keep, uh, we'll catch up in the beginning of the new year. Sounds great. All right. Merry Christmas, Ryan. You too. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.